0: I cannot explain to y'all how long I've waited for this interview. <laughs> I have literally, I, I, it's almost been like I've been trying to be in contact with this with this young lady for a long time to get an interview with her because one, first, she has two very successful businesses and for me, I'm trying to see where that came from and uh, you know, when someone who sees it from the outside looking in, we don't actually see the bigger picture so thank you for coming on. We're going to talk into a lot of things, we're going to talk into a lot of topics, we're going to s- discuss some stuff that was put out publicly on your Facebook, and we're going to discuss, you know, mental health and everything else that I can get out of you if I can. So let's let's go into it. Leah, thank you for coming in.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So a lot of people have really been waiting on this interview, because when we put it out, the numbers have been amazing to, to, to get someone like you on here to talk, because they see your lives, they see your opinions, they see your stance. I think they need to get to know you now, if that's okay. So talk to me where do you stand as far as like me because we we've had a conversation about children and mental illness and not mental illness mental health and physical abuse where do you stand on that
1: when I was a child and my parents got divorced I was torn through a awful divorce um I had mom on one side not wanting me to have anything to do with dad um that he was toxic and all the things and then I had dad on one side who Never really did anything but show me that he loved me. Um, and as a 12-year-old, I didn't see the drug abuse. I didn't I didn't know what that was. Um, I just knew that he was always there. So anyways, that was when I was 12. And now I'm almost 32. And to this day, I still have those same conditions from my mom and my sister. Like as, you know... An outcast, if I have anything to do with my dad, it just wasn't until really about a year ago I had a mental breakdown because you know now I've got kids and they have birthday parties and ball games. And I mean, when my young, when my both of my kids were born, my mom wouldn't come to the hospital unless my dad would left the premises, you know. So, those things that are supposed to be the happiest days of your life then turn into. nightmare that you always have to live with um so as my kids have gotten older and I've had to tell them the truth about a lot of things and why things are the way they are um it's really hit home to me that I have to work on this myself like I have to go back to my 12 year old self and grow from it and and fix it like I have to fix it
0: were you torn between both of those things? Because, you know, you see your dad, it, it, like you're 12 years old, you see your dad, you don't see the the bad, Mm-mm. you see the great times, you like you said, you know, all you, you know, he was dad to you, he was there, He you didn't see the behind the scenes, which now that I think about it, when I was younger, similar to you, I used to see my parents go back and forth every now and then, I used to see some of the big eruptions every now and then, but I never thought anything of it, because they were my parents, and they were never going to go anywhere, mm-hmm. and at the end of the night, they were good, and you know, making dinner together and all this other stuff. But there was a lot of underlying issues that even I didn't understand at the time. So when you're when you're dealing with this as an adult and you're having children and like your best day and your special day is being torn between, Do I have my dad here to share it with me, or do I have my mom? And like you're being pulled apart to two different directions that it really isn't fair. But it is it's just kind of one of those things that people do often go through. How did you handle being able to, like, go back to your 12-year-old self and say, you know what, I know what I went through. I know how I felt when I was told these things. How do I go about telling my daughter about her father?
1: Um, Counseling. You know, when I was little, I would lie. I would lie. I would lie to my mom and tell her I didn't want to be with my dad, I, that I wanted to live with her. And then I would lie to my dad, you know, and say I wanted Like, and you know what that was? That was just those love that love was conditional and so the best you know I think God doesn't put you through things unless he knows you can handle them and so you know after what I went through with Danny Grace I realized I have to process what I went through and truly process it to ever be able to help her process what she has had happened to her you know like her dad raised her for five years, and then when I get married to Leslie, he tells me he's not going to be in her life anymore because of the decision that I made. He's not going to be in her life anymore because he doesn't support my marriage. So, why? so you just throw your kid to the wolves? Exactly. So if why wouldn't you fight for her? Who doesn't fight for their kids? Same thing with my mom. My mom said that my dad was a drug addict, and he was terrible, and that he was abusive. But when I told her I wanted to go live with him, did she fight for me? No. She took me to the judge and made me tell him. So so I see what happened to me, the same thing happened to Danny Grace. And so I knew that I had to be able to process, go back to my 12-year-old self. And I knew the only way I could do that was through counseling because I've never really been honest with myself about my feelings. I've pushed it aside. I'm like a workaholic Um so I, I. You work
0: it through. N- yes. So how did it feel to hear yourself say that out loud? Because a self-realization never really happens until you get to the point where basically saying it out loud is the only medicine to yourself because if you say it out loud, it's real. When you when you deal with a situation where your decision to be happy, whether it's to, you know, pick up a new hobby, pick up a new job, change your whole course of your of a career, your lifestyle, you know, a marriage, you know, moving on with your life. I don't, one would ask what your decision to, as far as getting married, had anything to do with him and his daughter. I didn't, that I don't understand. Being that I went through a custody battle for a whole full year. Now, I've heard of people going through longer and God bless them if they did. And I, I prayed they get peace and hopefully it was resolved. But like, for me, that was the most absolute hell I've ever been through in my life. To sit here and have someone tell me when I could see my daughter, you know, what, you know, was I fit, you know. Um, I need to prove that I can, you know, give, you know, put a roof overhead and, you know, she can have her own space. And, and that was just because I was fighting for my daughter. I never understood why somebody would just be so quick to drop their child over a decision that another adult made. It almost looked like he was looking for a reason to leave anyway. Absolutely. In in my opinion, I'm not, I mean, especially
1: when you have four other kids. You okay have,
0: so yeah i, I never mind actually see it now.
1: <laughs> yeah you have four other kids and you what'd you do say any mini money mo and just pick mine to mm-hmm. say the hell with her like mm-hmm. no and so it was important to me to be able to feel what she was feeling right and know how to get her through it um and obviously we had to go through some counseling mm-hmm. um with her um but when she's 12 or 13 or 14 and she comes to me with these feelings like I will know how to address it with her Mm -hmm. in the I mean I can I didn't have mine didn't sign over their rights to me but the same thing kind of happened you know that it's that um rejection it's rejection and so that's important to know how to deal with especially when you're a little girl you know like it's a wonder and my my therapists are amazing and they tell me this all the time like how are you not out here a prostitute on drugs somewhere, or an alcoholic, because like,
0: because of what you went through growing oh, up. Yeah. Now the traumatic. I so,
1: mean, it was a. I mean, it was over the course of twenty two years, like imagine what that can do to a person. But I don't have it in me to, to fail. I don't. Right. I don't have it in me to, to use <laughs> drugs or alcohol or prostitution as a crutch. Like for me, it was always I'll show you. I'll show you.
0: Do you feel like if you would have failed, it would have proved them right, and in, in some absolutely way or sense. okay. Even your ex husband, like you feel like oh, that would have proved him right? Yes. Because all right, so I will ask you this and then I wanna move on to something that you you know, you just brought up. So how does your daughter feel about her father, if you don't mind me asking? Like where does she, what does she see him as now, being that he made that decision?
1: We let her go through counseling after he signed his rights over, which it was already mm-hmm. really bad. I mean, the emotional abuse, the physical abuse that she was seeing over there and I mean refusing to take her to school. His wife refused to take her to school and said she was a brat, and she's not riding in my car. I mean, those things are all, those things all pushed her away. So every time she had to go over there, she cried. I mean,
0: So you're telling me that a grown woman, how old is this woman? 32,
1: 33. So
0: you're telling me that this adult, who's with this man, knowing that he has kids with other people, all four of those kids? Married him. Okay, married Mm -hmm. him. Knowing that she's going to take this, you know, marriage oath to stand by this person and love this person through everything is going to sit here and tell his daughter. And was he around when this was said? Oh, no, no, it gets
1: gets better. The school called me and told me she was late for school. So when I picked her up from school that day, I asked her why. And she said, Miss Sarah told me that she wasn't taking me to school because I'm a brat and my daddy had to come back home and take me to school.
0: And he tolerated that type of behavior. Absolutely, is it like a narcissistic behavior that was putting out? Okay, so you're telling me that this woman is telling this young girl four years old. Yeah, basically exiling her out, saying, "I'm gonna do more for this kid, these other kids, because you, for whatever reason, that she, I mean, she has a vendetta against your daughter. Obviously, that's what it sounds like to me.
1: You want to hear the tea about it
0: though? Please, we were
1: like best friends.
0: That's even worse. It's even worse. That's even worse.
1: And, you know what? At the end of the day, I did um, catch a little simple assault charge on mm-hmm. her, and the only regret I have is that I didn't beat her ass that day. That's it.
0: <laughs> That's it. So was it Was well, she called a cop you?
1: She had a no—the best—this this is, is crazy, and this is off-topic, but just so you know where I'm at in this, um, she had a no-contact order. Like, the judge actually signed a restraining order that she was not to be around my daughter. Right. And— he only had visitation with her. It was so bad, emotionally abusive. Thank God we had Judge Butler in Madison County, and he—he he wasn't gonna—I wasn't gonna take no from for an answer for him. I mean, I'm the one that like calls the lawyer, and I'm like, "This is what we're gonna do. She's not going back over there. If I have to go to jail every other weekend, I'll go, or I will take her out of town so that he can't find us." Mm-hmm. I mean, I was to that point. I mean, she, this is a child that would just sob at the thought of having to go over there. So the judge did sign um the emergency custody order. So he could not get her. He had supervised visitation from 9 to 5 every other Saturday. On a Saturday they dropped her off him and her mm-hmm. which in my restraining order it said that she's not to be around. Um, it did it said that specifically. She actually even had a no trespass in order not to be on my property. Mm-hmm. Well, they dropped Danny Grace off at the house at four thirty. I'm not home. She goes and rings the doorbell.
0: A woman? Does?
1: No, Danny Grace. Oh, they okay. drop her off. She's four. <laughs> All
0: right.
1: Do you hear me? Four years old. She rings the doorbell. Well, we have a camera on the doorbell, so it notified us. We were at the ballpark. Cooper had a ball tournament, mm-hmm. and. I saw that she was at the door. And I'm like, I talked to her through the doorbell. I said, baby, what are you doing? And she said, my daddy just dropped me off. And I said, well, I'm not home. So I had to unlock the door because at this point they'd already drove off.
0: They let the four-year-old run into the door?
1: Yes. I had to unlock the door and let her in. And she's screaming, crying. I'm here by myself, like in a fetal position on the floor. It was awful. So I call him. He don't answer. I call him. He don't answer. I text him. You just dropped my daughter off our daughter off at the house and I'm not even home. You weren't supposed to drop her off till five. So thank God that I'm in Jackson at the sportsplex and not in Memphis playing ball. Mm-hmm. And I rush home. Well, we pull up at the same time.
0: Oh, shit. So y'all actually pulled up. He turned around then. Yes,
1: he turned around. And and when, when they pulled up, she gets out of the car and starts coming at me saying, what kind of mother is at home to get their kid? And I lost it. <laughs> you the know, rest so, is history.
0: But you know that's 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 also passive aggressive behavior. Why does she even get out of the vehicle? She's the conversation was looked for, and she had that's no exactly respect right. for the, the judge's order. And as far as like dealing with, uh, she obviously didn't take that order. Did she get in trouble for that?
1: For- Actually, no. That's a whole other issue. So, how do when the cops came? Because the cops came, uh-huh. nobody went to jail. Right. They told they told her and him that she said that I hit her and. They said well it's a misdemeanor that didn't happen in our presence you don't have any marks on you mm-hmm. and you know we can't take anybody to jail we didn't see it happen right a week later they issue a warrant for simple assault mm-hmm. so that's not how the police department does things mm-hmm. so it was a really that's a whole other issue how did it well, but no they what? did not do anything about her breaking that trespass order they just let it go and told her not to come back on my property right um that, and is, that right there. A week later, they issued a warrant for my arrest.
0: But they shouldn't even. Even then, if you had a no trespassing order and you had a no contact order to have, to be around your daughter, and you had. Let's just say you had that paper on you and you showed them that it was signed by a judge. I had it in my hand. Then she should have been arrested. There shouldn't have been a word about it. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, and Jackson okay mm-hmm. uh, well, when we get off the microphones, I'll tell you about some other stuff that I actually dealt with, with on a no contact order with my daughter and her mom's boyfriend at the time. Mm-hmm. So we'll, we'll that's, <laughs> we'll, a, whole that's a whole can be and I and I've already spoke about it once and when I did my mediation uh, a couple of months like four or five months back, they told me that I'm not allowed to talk about it on the podcast, but I'll tell you about it <laughs> when we get off the microphone because they specifically walked in and said, if you say something about it about what happened here and what was discussed and what happened during this whole proceeding, we will file you up on charges. I said, Okay. All right, fine. I'll talk what about that. What kind it of it. charges? I don't know. I didn't get to that far and I didn't really care at this point. I was already in mediation <sighs> for four hours. I wanted to go home. Yeah. So, um <clears throat> when you're dealing with a <laughs> a passive aggressive woman and a child who you know, the worst thing you can think about is your daughter or your son going anywhere and you not being able to control what's going on around. Absolutely. There. You know, there's the biggest fear you know, you see the videos of people who leave their kids with babysitters and they cameras catch babysitters doing stuff and you just, you just never know. So when you were going through that whole situation and basically what kind of, I'm assuming this led up to the whole sign and the rights over. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what broke the camel's back about asking her dad to actually do that? Cause you know, that is, I didn't ask. So you told him, I didn't tell him. So he just did it.
1: I got a phone call one day. I'll never forget it. I got a text message. I was right beside Kroger on university and I got a text message on my phone and it was like, Hey, have your attorney drop the paperwork and I'll sign the papers. I can't be a part of your lifestyle. Okay. Leading up to that, what the judge made us do was go to counseling. Right. Well, guess who went to counseling? Me. Mm -hmm. Guess who went to counseling? Danny Grace. He never showed up and it was a neutral counselor. Like it was one that the judge picked. I didn't know this person. Um, however, obviously I got to know her through that. And it said a lot that we were sitting at the counseling appointment and I was there and I had Danny Grace there mm-hmm. and he never showed up. So the counseling was supposed to be him. He was supposed to go. I was supposed to go. And then all three of us were supposed to go together right. for like six weeks. Um, he never showed up. Not once. Not one time.
0: Any excuse?
1: Nope. Did Didn't, wouldn't, would, would <laughs> he wouldn't even message the, um, counselor back like to respond whether or not he was going to come
0: so that counseling session was basically to mend the fence mm-hmm. to become co-parents for your daughter mm-hmm. i'm assuming so when you see that there's a lack of even any effort and then you get that message from him was it a no-brainer as far as like i finally got this person out of my life and he is he still kind of currently in or is he in and out like, oh he's, he's out he's completely gone he's come on okay well Good riddance. I don't believe in people like that. I hate fathers who do that. People who don't, you know, fight for their children. Mm-hmm. They don't deserve them anyway. And someone will come along and will treat their kid better than they ever could. And that's the blessing in that whole situation. So let's go ahead and touch about, since we discussed that, and it almost, in, in your lifestyle, from what you're telling me is what his excuse was to kind of abandon, a uh, kind of abandon his whole parenting obligation that he should have took on anyway. Um, where, where did that, where did don't that go? Don't you think
1: that like, if you have, if you have kids and you just give one away, like it should be a law where your shit gets cut off and you don't have any more <laughs> kids.
0: He, he gets an even worse title. People in communities don't respect that. Especially right. if you know that they have a daughter and even if you're around part time and they know, if they know you, or if they know him and they know that this person, it has no, no relate, you know, no situation with their daughter. They don't see him. They don't see pictures of him. He never talks about him. It's never not whispered about. So, That's true. So he is—he is obviously. I mean, people lose a lot of respect. That's very and true. And they may not do it to his face, but they will do it even in an even worse way, which is behind his back. Mm-hmm. And everybody will talk about it. Mm-hmm. So we don't trust deadbeats. We don't like them. We disown them. We just don't have anything to do with them. You know, it's—it's it's one of those things that I don't think he deserves any any conversation about because he's not worth it. You know, to discuss. So when you think about you being married, you know, at one time and then having a child and people are seeing that now you're in a same sex marriage, how did that affect you as far as like how people looked at you? Because they've only looked at you as one way. So when you decided to make this lifestyle change, were you always, whether you were bisexual or lesbian, like were you always that way? Or did this kind of like you were done with men and like you wanted to?
1: Well, I think for me, it was like it was early on like in college and you know you do things and when you're in high school and when you're in college and um like for me like I would like I think girls are hot like when I was younger it would even go through my head like I pay more attention to a woman that or to a girl or not girl to a woman than I do a man like I've been that way my entire life but of course when you're in 20 years ago, no I'm not that old 10 years ago nobody wants to come home and be like hey by the way you know um so in college you know there was some relationships mm-hmm. and then um
0: were they undercover relationships at oh the yeah time? okay
1: it was never like out in the open you know okay. I wasn't ever like Just flamboyant like yes that. Okay. um but then you know I married Cooper's dad and it was
0: sounds like it, a nightmare
1: it was I mean like he's a great guy, we get along great now, mm-hmm. but like I just wasn't ever really attracted to him and like I tried mm. it and what's even worse is like both times I got pregnant with my kids, like I was drunk i don't I don't mean that ugly, they are the biggest blessings, but like i don't I didn't enjoy sex with a with a guy like right. so obviously that was a in my head I'm thinking like, okay, something's not right, but like maybe I can work through it. Like maybe I just hadn't found the right one.
0: And a lot of times they that is really the sigma to it when when well, later later on when they finally realize that they're they're uh, attracted to the same sex is when they look back and go, like, you know what? I don't think I was ever really attracted to this, you know, yes. the opposite sex. Yes. I never really enjoyed that time with them or enjoyed, you know, the sexual relations with them. Like And, like, they think about it, and they're almost like, it was all in front of my face, and I didn't even see it. Mm -hmm. And so, I continue. But
1: it's, it's weird, because, like, I'm not kidding. When, like, the first conversation I ever had with Leslie, and I've had girls that are my best friends. I mean, I've got best friends since I was in first grade that are my best friend today. And, like, Lindsay would tell you, like, I never made her feel uncomfortable. I never, like, said anything to her. I never did. So, I wasn't, you know trying to mess around with my friends, but I've had friends that I've never felt that way about. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never thought those things about them, like, right.
0: uh, The at attraction, all. like, it was never, a, like, because they usually try to, like, when, I, when I've when i heard stories about it, because, you know, when my sister came out, I asked her, I said, so, the girl that you're dating currently, now this is when she came out, back a long, long time ago. <clears throat> she used to call it her best friend. Oh, I'm just going to spend time with my best friend. Mm-hmm. You know. So, of course, now I know it was just okay. All right, I see what you did there. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, so, did you ever have one of those mm-hmm. where you used that excuse? Or how old were you when you finally realized?
1: Um. I was in. I was seventeen.
0: Okay, so you mm-hmm. didn't even really just have to basically cop it out because mm-hmm. I mean you were, you know, you were old enough to make that decision. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when your friends, who did you tell first? Do you do you do you remember that? Oh gosh.
1: I don't remember.
0: Were you scared the first time you told anybody? You know,
1: it's the weirdest thing because I wasn't. It was like I'd been through this clusterfuck of a life <laughs> from the time I was 17 till the time I was 26. Like married, divorced, married, divorced, two kids. And like when I met Leslie and the first time we ever had a conversation, it, like I was like, you're my soulmate. I looked at her outside of the sheriff's apartment, and I was like, you are my person. And, <laughs> but it was like, I didn't want to be her best friend. Like I wanted her to move in with me. You know what I'm saying? So it was just, it was just a moment. And like, it's emotional. Um, I mean, it's physical, it's emotional. And it was just like this weird connection. Mm-hmm. I can't explain it.
0: It's almost like you're finally feeling the connection that you should have felt a long time ago. Exactly. You know, and I mean,
1: like, I had my first orgasm, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Well, oh, well, Leslie. Okay. Yes. So in if, my life. But that's, <laughs> and see, a lot of people will, will will say that, you know, no one really, really ever says that. But a lot of the people who come out gay say the exact same thing. They just couldn't, it was almost like it was grotesque to them back in the day. Mm-hmm. Like, they just had to get through it. I and can, they and they were a team player with their boyfriend. They're like, yes. oh, well, you know, oh, now that I think about it, uh, oh, why did I put myself through that? But, like. You have to get through it to get where you're going. Yes. And, like, now that you kind of – you've already seen where, like, now – all right, so now you're on that straight path to where you're going to, like, now you see – now you meet Leslie, right? Mm-hmm. How did those – like, how long did the – because what they call uh, puppy dog stage. Mm-hmm. When did you really, – like, do you fall in love easy?
1: You know, when I met Leslie, I was like – like, I told her, I was like, I don't even know if I believe in love because I feel like it's all just a phase and people – They think they're in love, and then it's all new, and it's all fun, and then bam, you know, like, reality sets in. Now, don't get me wrong, like, we've went through that. Mm -hmm. Like, it was all really good, and it was all fun, and it was all sweet, and then, you know, you have your first fight, and you're like, get the hell out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yes, I, I no, I don't think I fall in love easy. I think I did with her easier than I ever have, and I... And it was hard for me because I just come out of a four-year awful relationship, and I was I wasn't ready to be in another one. Like I, sh- you know, at that time when I got out of that marriage with him, I wish that I would have I wish I would have known who I was then. But I didn't have I didn't figure out that until three years into my marriage with Leslie. You know, like the childhood trauma, having to work through all that. And that was really hard on our marriage, you know? Like, because I'm lashing out and acting a fool. And it's not anything she did.
0: Because of the underlying situation and stuff you went through. How was she able to handle some of the... uh, Was she around when the baby daddy drama was coming out? Oh, yeah. Okay, so how was she able to... I don't know. The best way to say it is sit back and watch it.
1: That was hard. That was hard on us. It was hard, hard, hard. She was a cop at the time. So, like you know it was hard for her not to go pull him out of the house and um and then having to and then her having to be on the law enforcement side of it and see the cops not really doing what should have been done and fighting for my child um you know the domestics that they had over there and you know just anyways that was hard on her but what was also hard was the emotional abuse that Danny Grace went through coming home saying my daddy said you're going to hell. Uh, my daddy said I don't have to listen to you. My daddy, you know, like she is hearing all this stuff from him who has been her dad for four years, who she loves. And he made, they both made Leslie out to be a monster. Um, that was the hardest.
0: Which is normally what a parent who is bitter about the other person would normally do, which is lash out and say, well, you know, you don't have to listen to them. If they say anything to you, come back and tell me. That's you know, exactly that kind right. Of, that kind of situation. So when you're stuck into a hard spot where now you found love, you're in a new phase in life that you felt like you were in back in your early teen years. I mean, your late teen years. And then now you're in the transition of being in a new, in a new type of relationship. And then you're dealing with the uh, baby daddy drama. And then you're dealing with your own emotional issues that you went through as a child. How much help did Leslie put, you know, put on you to like help you get through that? Cause I mean, that couldn't have been easy on someone who's bait. You know, I'm sure Leslie had many relationships or relationships before you. So she knew how to handle somewhat of the same thing. So when it came to a lot of the trials that you were going through and her basically like, it was almost like you were driving and she jumped in the car while moving. That's exactly right. So when she does that, Was there a lot of talking? Was there a lot of conversations? Did she hold you when you cried? Or did she say, you know, was there advice given? Or did she really just basically almost let you work it out on your own?
1: She was my rock in a way that, like, I would emotionally shut down through all that. I would get angry. You know, like, I'm ready to fight somebody. I'm ready to bust in the door and... Every weekend that she was there because, you know, like, so she had to tell me that like, I can't tell you how many times she told me like, what's meant, this is all going to work out. Mm -hmm. Like he's digging himself a hole and the odds are not in his favor. So like when we initially hired our lawyer, um, it was a, you know, it's a slow process and it's a slow process. We, we set him up to fail. I knew he would, I knew he wasn't going to do the things he was supposed to do, but I'm not patient Leslie is patient I'm not I'm like he's either gonna do this or he's gonna I want to (laughs) control it you know like and and I couldn't so she was really good for me on the weekends that Danny Grace was over there like not to be going crazy um and she she helped me a lot just yes she was wonderful however I probably wasn't like
0: Emotionally
1: easy to deal with. I would snap and mm. you know, like I was angry all the time. Um yeah. Yeah.
0: Jeez, well you know No, she
1: did. She she went from this life of go to work, come home, eat supper, go to bed, go to work, same routine, to me busting in like freaking <laughs> in my Batmobile. Um and she just jumped on and Can
0: you believe this motherfucker? Yes, <laughs> you know <that> yes. <laughs>
1: Like I promise you, every time her phone rang, she was like, "Oh shit, what's happened now?" Um,
0: or when that when that phone call starts, well, let me tell you what the hell just happened. I promise happening. you,
1: <laughs> this bitch done. <laughs> no.
0: So all right, I always wanted to ask. I, I think I don't think I've ever asked my sister because I don't I don't really want to ask her that. But you know, with with the whole um, the gay lifestyle, how hard is it? Because like I always feel like, for a guy's perspective, and I've already I've talked to about it with a, a couple of other people. Um, we already compete with men to compete with women too is even harder mm-hmm. so how hard is it it was was that whole um living that living the gay lifestyle was that a culture shock to you as far as how it would be if you were dating a man
1: when me and leslie first like i remember our first picture on instagram mm-hmm. and like the feedback and somebody actually commented on it and was like really Oh, wow. Somebody commented and said that. So, I just deleted them. You know, it was fine. Um, But then, like, the second picture, like, I think that we even made, like, a hashtag Mm -hmm. about something. And it was obvious that we were together. I think at that moment, seeing the people who liked it and loved it and were messaging me, like, you look happier than you've been in 10 years. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy for you. Like, they could just see it on my face, you know. And, like, in my conversations that I would have with my very close friends. Um they could tell by mine and Leslie's interaction that, like, I was a different person. Right. Like, my heart was actually... I was content for the first time in my entire life.
0: Like, in your own skin, you were content? Yes. Okay.
1: Like, the we met in July and got married in November. Okay. And, like... <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. So That's fast-tracking it I right didn't there. waste
1: any... Like, we just didn't waste time. Yeah. Um. But it was funny because, like we got married and it was just at our house and we just mm-hmm. invited a few friends. But like, it was like, I posted a picture. I didn't te- I didn't post, I'm getting married tomorrow. Mm-hmm. It was like, we had the wedding. We posted a picture. It. We both had matching shirts that said married AF. Mm-hmm. And I posted it on Facebook and like it exploded. Like that was how <laughs> I said,
0: this, that, this is real. Yeah. Like this is it.
1: Yeah. That was it. And after that, I don't think I might have had a few people message me and be like, "What the hell?" But I don't think that anybody was really surprised. Truly, no, nobody no, messaged me and was like, "What in the world?"
0: No family members. No. Oh, okay. So they all kind of. You think they kind of? Okay. Mm-hmm. So now that you're married, uh, the situ- You know, I think time has passed from you know your daughter's dad kind of being out of the picture. Where did the turn of starting a business? Come into play, being that LD two is y'all's names. Mm-hmm. Tie you know to the to the second. Well, power, Leslie so. will
1: tell you that it's because I can't work well with others, and I have to <laughs> own my. What own were business. you doing before this? So before this, I worked at the sheriff's department. Okay. Um, I worked in Gibson County for like four years, and then I moved to Madison County, mm-hmm. and then I quit the Madison County Sheriff's Department. Obviously, it was a conflict. Leslie worked there, right? And also political don't get me started on that um it's a whole nother podcast series right there
0: i have so many stories about jpd and i just (sighs) i don't have enough time me i don't think i have enough time in the day if people just just...
1: knew the things oh anyways that is another story and when (laughs) i know that i won't go to jail for telling my secrets that i know we'll have that discussion (laughs) um but so then i didn't work I quit the sheriff's department, and I didn't work. I didn't know what I wanted to do. But I knew I loved retail. Mm-hmm. Like, I love retail. I love clothes. I love shopping. I love helping people shop. That's, like, something I've been good at. My first job in college was at Grass Monkey. And I said, when I work there, I want to have a store, a jewelry store one day. Like, I want to own my own business. This is fun, whatever. So, I started working at the consignment store. Morgan hired me to work for her. And then she also had the rental business, Eminem Rentals. And I worked for her, and then I kind of told her, I just put a feeler out there like, hey, if you ever, you know, she was split between both businesses. She wasn't there a lot. I said, if you ever want to sell this, let me know. Um, in my head, I was thinking, like, I could do this and make it 10 times better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't work for about a year. And then me and Leslie, I started dabbling in jewelry. We started stamping jewelry. Well, it it was crazy. Like it exploded. Like mm-hmm. we did Mother's Day of 2016. We started the jewelry like probably in March. Well, by May, I had made enough money that I could pay for half of that consignment store when I bought it. Right. Like it was crazy. Leslie was great at stamping jewelry. I'm not. I could just send the invoices and let people pay, post the pictures. That's all I'm good at. Um, so anyways, Morgan and I had a talk. We bought the consignment store. Um, completely changed it to more boutique brands, mm-hmm. higher in. Um
0: Oh the these Jackson moms love that stuff. Gosh. God, I man. know. I know you have the idea of a Jesus. Just mm-hmm. seeing they just I'm mm-hmm. sorry I didn't interrupt. I just boutique you say a boutique around any woman or mom or anything they are going they don't care
1: i know (laughs) but my goal there is just to like uh, who doesn't have a closet full of clothes Mm -hmm. and they probably wear half of them well i was posting stuff i have posted things on facebook before you know i'm selling danny grace's matilda jane for ten dollars i paid 50 or 60 for it and i'm get there to meet somebody at the park and they're like oh actually um Will you take five? Hell no, I won't take five. Did I say (laughs) I was going to sell it for five on Facebook? And I'm the one that's like, hell no. And I get back in my car with my clothes and I drive home. (laughs) That happened so many times that I was like, screw it. Screw it. Like, I'll just take them to the consignment store. Mm -hmm. Um, So what my mindset is there is like, obviously, if I can't sell it for 10 or more dollars, it's not worth the space on my rack. Mm -hmm. I don't make a big profit and neither do you. You Mm -hmm. know, so like, that got rid of like all the junk that people think that they can bring that's goodwill stuff (laughs) you know um and then the consignment store has been amazing let's see, that was 2000 i lied 2017 not 16 it was 2017. then i kept having people ask me if they could rent if they could rent a space in there and Mm -hmm. like set up their own stuff right and I was like I don't have room in here like I have this little building and I don't have space to have anybody else's stuff I have enough of my own stuff so we looked at that building downtown right and it was wonderful but of course beautiful building by the way yes god
0: I am so fat I walked in I went there for the first time a couple weeks ago and I and I kept telling you over and over I said this is the most beautiful store I've ever seen Mm -hmm. I mean the the layout was great the organization was amazing. You That's had, all, Leslie. I mean, you could have. it it's almost like the ch- the Willy Wonka Chocolate Factory for adults <laughs> and clothes. Like every section was. I mean, it was just completely, completely organized with everything just fitting. Like if it was an item, there was a related item to that item, mm-hmm. and so. It was just like, if you were looking at this, you didn't realize how much you wanted this because you saw this too. So you would buy one or the other or buy them both. So, you know, the way y'all had it built in sections, and I know y'all have done a lot that you're going to do a lot upstairs too, but seeing that store, was that a vision that you never thought you would have seen because of how beautiful that store is?
1: When we got that building in November, Leslie and I pulled up carpet for a month Like, until our fingers bled. I, when I first walked in that building, I never in a million years would have thought it would be what we made it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm not responsible for that at all, because I do not have a vision. She had a vision, and she would tell me about it, and I was like, "Um, (laughs) okay, sure. Yeah, let's do it. I had no idea. I was just, I knew it would be great. Mm -hmm. And, like, within a week of pulling that carpet up, she had that floor sanded, and Stained and polyurethaned, and the columns built. I mean, it was amazing, it's crazy. Um, but I never thought, I never envisioned that we would fill up as fast as we did with the quality of stuff that we have down right, there. Like right. the things we have, the Jackson Mall is gone to hell,
0: it's about to be gone. Completely. Okay, yes,
1: so I've been knowing this. Um, and honestly, when I go shopping. The only reason I go to the mall is to go to Bath and Body Works or Justice for Danny Grace. That is it. I don't go there to buy tennis shoes. I don't go by there. I mean, I don't go there to go to Victoria's Secret like I order it online. I hate going to that mall. So I also know that most people in Jackson shop local. Like Mm -hmm. I will say as through the consignment store, I learned that like I have a really good support system of Jackson people who shop small People around Jackson who come to me, like, very faithfully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have other friends that have businesses, and they have a great clientele. So I'm thinking, okay, well, I have all these people that reached out to me to sell stuff at the consignment store. Like, I know I can start us off with 20 vendors. That's a good start. That's what I'm thinking.
0: That's a great start. Right.
1: <laughs> well, when we started taking applications for vendors, by December, I had 40 that were paid, like, ready to go. Um then I'm like, shit, I'm running out of room. So what are we going to do? So we, you know, finish the second floor. And, and it's, it's so cool because when they come in to get their space, like we personalize it, we go to Leslie goes to Lowe's, She buys the racks. We hang them the way they can design it. It's, it's their own little business. Um, except they don't have any, overhead except for their inventory they're not having to pay rent they're not i mean they're having to pay me small rent but they're not i pay twenty three hundred dollars a month in rent at the consignment store my ja bills like 700 you know they cut we cut all that out and so for me it means a lot that like i can let these other women and men um have their little side hustle you know
0: so every section in that in your consignment store downtown that is basically a lot of different vendors selling mm-hmm. their own item. And see, when you when you see vendors, it's kind of like when you go to a baseball game or you go to <clears throat> a flea market, you see a lot of people set up. Mm-hmm. Y'all, you, know, you see the table and what they have. You actually turned it into their little space actually looks like part of your store mm-hmm. as if it's your items. Mm-hmm. So not only did you take pride in the vendors that you are taking in, for their items, but you made it a part of your store, and so people don't see it any differently. That's exactly right. You know, when you go to a flea market, you'll see a really great stand with a, with a lot of effort put into it, and then you'll see someone who just wants to go up there Saturday because they're bored as hell and angry. They, they're too busy they making They just fish put bait. some
1: socks on the table <laughs> for sale, $3. Yes.
0: So, it's just... I didn't know, see, I didn't know all those were vendors. Mm-hmm. And I just walked into it thinking, oh man, this is all the stuff that they bought in there. I
1: don't own one piece of inventory in that
0: store. So that is, everything in there is a vendor. Mm-hmm. Wow. Because I'm telling you, I never would have knew that. Mm-hmm. And I Because myself, we
1: make it all, it all looks.
0: It's within the stores. Ex- with the, with yes. Like the way y'all actually made that store more now, modern. And
1: I will say that like, but that's, that's Leslie saying like when the vendors have come in and if they bring like a rack or something that's. Uh, just want to you know i've got those silver rolling racks at the consignment store that i use for sale racks like leslie said we're not doing rolling racks here like we're only going to put them on the industrial pipe racks or and she's good about it but we also don't make our vendors buy that we buy it, we hang it we put it up if they ever leave we still have it you know Mm -hmm. what i'm saying but that's just our investment in making it all look so good and
0: as like one yeah yeah. Like, we
1: are all one.
0: So, even if they leave, the next person who gets that space will still have an equally great space. That's exactly right. So. Equal <laughs> so, opportunity. And and that's crazy because, all right, <laughs> let's go ahead and get into it. Because I've been waiting on this. Because we've had on and off conversations. I
1: just love how we just <coughs> rolled right into it. Yeah. Because, on accident.
0: Well, it was, because, I mean, it was a genuine conversation about your business. And yeah. Yeah. And I learned something like I I really didn't know that those were vendors. The only vendor I seen when I went up there, I actually went up to your store just to get a bully bone, which my dog Mm -hmm. ate in 12 hours, which should have lasted forever. But I went up there just to get a bully bone because I support businesses like that. And I who was that woman who made me a shake? Who was that? Christina. Okay. Whenever she comes back, you let me know because shout me, out to
1: Main Street Nutrition in Madonna.
0: Yes, I ate something that had pineapple, mango, and I think strawberries, and that is probably the best one of my one of my favorite drinks because I love Smoothie King. I am a big Smoothie King fan, and their shake. I mean, they're yeah, their shake. Right, yeah, those shakes are great. But did
1: you have a shake or tea? You had the shake. I had the shake. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, yeah. I, I, yeah. I
0: wish I could have gotten the tea, but I'm just I'm almost, I'm really really stingy with the way i drink tea because i like sonic tea and nobody You like tea. sweet tea i love i love this sweet tea. isn't sweet tea okay well then it's more it's of like a health a, drink right
1: yeah but it's different like you've got if you haven't tried one try one for real
0: uh i don't know it if doesn't taste cups. like tea i don't know if they had to give me a sample because i don't know well they'll do samples okay because i don't well, want do okay. to buy a whole drink for you know and i'm not going to drink it so <laughs> I'm a big shake drinker. Anything with pineapple man. said
1: mango, I like Sonic tea.
0: <laughs> I love Sonic tea. That's my favorite drink. If they would tell me what kind of grounds they use for tea, I would make that I would make that drink here every day because I I would drink it every day. I cannot. <laughs>
1: it's not the same tea. It doesn't even taste like sweet tea.
0: Let me All right, listen. Okay. We're we're getting, we're getting off topic. Okay. So, let's talk about what we've seen in your lives. Mhm. We've seen the screenshots. Mhm. Woman who would not be named. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's speak about that. Okay, you had a vendor come in, which I don't know. I, at this point, you've had so many. You got so many vendors in your store that come in and do their own thing. Sixty five. Okay, so you have sixty five vendors that come and do your own thing. That you trust them. That you know they're not going to pull out a KKK shirt and sell it to your to your clientele. Right. Okay.
1: Nor would I take it.
0: Nor yeah. So there is some. Control. Yes. To, okay. So and you over you overlook and make sure that oh, know, gosh. nothing is offensive. Half
1: the stuff we end up hanging up ourselves. You know, like if they have stuff that ships, I'll just tell them to ship it to the store because they have regular jobs and I'm like, We'll hang it up and get it out, no problem. Okay. But every time the vendors come in to bring stuff, we are there. We see it. I immediately post pictures of it. You right. know, so
0: we're well, very involved. It's a very supportive it's a very supportive way that you promote other people's you promote other people's merchandise for them. Almost, I don't really think you ask them if it's okay. I just like, hey, just want y'all to know, because I've seen your lives. You're like, oh, I just want y'all to know what we got in. I'm so excited about this. And then you'll show it. So you had a post where you posted a, a Donald Trump, Um, I think it was a onesie. Correct? It was not a Donald onesie. What was it? It was a T-shirt. Okay, it was a T-shirt.
1: <laughs> if I had a onesie, though, I oh, would wear
0: God. it every day. Oh, <laughs> see, that's what's going to get you in okay. trouble. Okay. Okay. Um, so it was a Donald Trump shirt, and boy, did that take off.
1: God, I didn't sleep for three days over that. I had so many messages and people cussing at that girl that we will not name. Yeah, um, yeah, we got a Trump shirt in, and I literally took the cutest picture of it with these star jeans that I sold out of, might I mm. add. Nice and the shirt, but um, I got a comment on my picture that said. I really can't believe you would post that during all this time. It makes me not want to shop with you anymore. And I commented back and said, my political view has nothing to do. What did I say? My political view. This Trump shirt has nothing to do with my, no, 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 no. I said, what's going on in the world has nothing to do with Trump or my political view. And if it does, then you're part of the problem. Right. That's what I said.
0: Which, you can't you can't all right so it wasn't like you said it was a vendor's merchandise you were promoting and you treat every vendor the same you promote all their stuff the same you didn't do anything different that day than you haven't done the whole time you've had your boutique in my opinion um so why do you feel like you got the backlash because when that took off and this young lady Made that post with screenshots, and then she made the most disrespectful post about you on Facebook, which I'm sure it got back to you immediately oh gosh um yes. where did you stand on that being that as far as your political views, which we'll get into that but let let's get to this post like why why do you feel like that was that why why did she do that in your opinion? I know I, you don't know this person from Adam, but like why did you feel like that was needed at that time
1: um attention.
0: Yeah, I can see that.
1: Uh, totally for attention. i scrolled back on her previous things, you know, and everybody else did too. And it was just, it's all attention seeking. That's she, it.
0: Is she the same on everything else? Everything okay, else. Okay, so that was just a, oh, like, look at what I just saw. Yes. So I'm going to post it. Yes. And, and being that she probably clicked on y'all's page, saw mm-hmm. that it was your business, seeing it was your wife's business as well. Oh, well, they're, you know, they're gay. They shouldn't be selling any of his merchandise, mm-hmm. being that Trump has been very outspoken on the gay community. And yeah. there is not a lot of um, out gay people who support Trump. Now, mind you, there's a lot of things, and this is what I'll say. There's a lot of things that Trump say and that Trump does that I don't personally agree with. I think what he said about immigrants, whether they were French, Cuban, Mexicans, whatever, He's been really hard on Mexico about the about the immigration issue, which, you know, my ancestors are Mexican. You know, I'm Hispanic and and everything that's going on. And people are so ready to jump out the gate because of what he said. But you have to understand this guy's only seen it from his view. He doesn't see it from everybody else's view. You know, he's only seen it from I grew up. This is what I see And business wise. This was only makes sense. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, Trump can be the biggest racist ever. And he can sit here and say in my presidency, I I I promise you I would do this, this and this and this. Am I going to really hold a man who can make opportunities happen for this country and make this country better because of how I feel about what he said? You know, I mean, half the people, more than 80 percent of your people in your life growing up is always going to disappoint you and always going to make you mad and disrespect and say things that you don't agree with. Does that mean you cut them out of your life, too? You know, I don't know this man from Adam. I don't I don't look at one single thing that he does that would benefit me. But do I think that he's a bad president? I think he's an amazing president. I think he's done great. I think that he's done everything he says. And that's just my take on it. So when you have this woman making this big post about how you should run your business, how did that make you feel?
1: Oh, I was irate. I don't, obviously I own my own business because I don't work well with others (laughs) and I like to control things and I like to do my own thing. So when I have someone basically, okay. And not only did she share my post, she also, you know, had my kids' pictures on the post and with all this Antifa stuff that's going on, like that made me livid. Um, That was way too personal. And for her to take that so personal to the point where she like she shared it and then the de- de- blocked me and deleted me on facebook so that i couldn't see it or defend myself
0: or respond
1: yeah. yes um i had i mean her comments on her where she posted it were way more in my favor than they were hers and people weren't defending me for the trump shirt they were defending me saying that's not fair like that's not fair that you're doing that to her in her business like she has a business in Jackson she is the same okay this girl is also married to a man but claims that she's a lesbian (laughs) so
0: I was I was gonna say something about that well
1: I am because because that just shows you how (laughs) like how messed up like why am I gonna argue with that I'm not going to waste my time arguing with that level I mean if that's what she wants to do in her LGBTQ community that's different than what I got going on in mine you Is know she what part i'm part of that
0: community like does she do yeah benefit honey? them oh i didn't know she did anything in that community i guess she's.
1: That. well i don't know i don't know i don't i go to work and i go home and i go to ball games like <laughs> you don't keep up with stuff. i'm not going to lgbtq meetings <laughs> in jackson i don't uh, i don't mean that ugly but like i'm just gonna be real like on that post someone commented and actually made the comment of They drove by my store in downtown Jackson, and apparently, I don't know, it's Pride Month or I would have a flag hanging out front.
0: Yes, I was going to bring that up.
1: That is what made me really mad.
0: Why should you have to do anything like that?
1: I don't know.
0: Where do people think? Okay, so we've already started from the fact that you built this business from the ground up, starting from working from retail to having an idea to making that idea a reality, doing a side hustle with your wife making everything happen financially to make this work, taking on an old building, ripping it up, basically starting from scratch blueprints. And then you get told by someone who had no part in your success, tell you, well, you should, well, you're gay. You should have a pride flag. Yeah. Up. Do
1: you think when I went to the bank and asked for my loan, I said, well, actually, could you give me extra money because I'm a lesbian? <laughs> you
0: didn't take it in there in rainbow paper. No! Did you?
1: <laughs> like, you know why I'm treated equal? Because I go out every day and I live my life just like you Mm -hmm. and just like your neighbor and just like my neighbor. Like, I'm not going out here screaming equal rights. I don't have equal rights. I'm not treated equal. You know why I get treated equal? Because I treat everybody the same, no matter what color they are, no matter what their sexual origin is. Like, I don't care. I don't care if you pull up at my store driving a 1930 Pinto or you're (laughs) driving a brand new
0: Mercedes. Mercedes,
1: I do not care. You are going to get treated the same. And I made that like the next day after that. Or no, on my way home that day. I was so livid like I made a post like because for someone to 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 say those things about me who don't they don't even know me and make these assumptions that I'm supposed to be a certain way or feel a certain way or vote a certain way just because I'm married to a woman. Mm-hmm. Like they don't get to say that. Mm. They don't get to tell me how to live my life and that is what is wrong with That is what is wrong with that box Mm -hmm. that these people put themselves in. Um, I have other friends that are gay, and if you want to wear a rainbow flag on your hat or your shirt or put a bumper sticker on your car, do it. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like that I have to do that. And I feel like because I treat everyone the same and I'm not screaming... To everyone that I am a lesbian. That people treat me with respect. Mm -hmm. But when you bring that uncomfort. That that awkwardness into a conversation. Where my hair is rainbow. Mm. To prove to you that I'm a lesbian. That's when people don't know how to treat you.
0: You know it's almost like a overdoing it. Doesn't get you taken seriously. That's exactly right. And I feel in my opinion. That the LBGT community, ABCD okay. community, the long <laughs> word community, would embrace you. It means that you are a same sex marriage mm-hmm. who own a, a married couple who own a very successful business. I, I never thought that that would, that would be a win for the community. Absolutely. Because I'm guaranteeing that your business does probably a, maybe half or a little, maybe right on it or more than a lot of any businesses around here, retail wise. Okay. And I don't understand why the embrace wasn't happening. I don't understand why. It almost like, they. in my opinion, it felt like they turned on you, but in order for them to turn on you, they had to be in your side. Right. So. But you, but they you, never supported me. Never. They don't come shop in my store.
1: I, I There was one girl, she also deleted me and shared the post. She has shopped in my store and was also on Wife Swap, and it was horrendous, <clears> might I add. And embarrassing for Jackson, Tennessee to have her representing us on Wife Swap. Ugh, I had to search for three hours on YouTube to find it. And it was awful. Anyways.
0: I gotta look that in. I gotta look into that. Yes, I've I,
1: heard about that, but I don't really Oh, it know was what awful, Jay. It was so awful. So is it a show? Is it actually a show Yes, show?
0: the Wife Swap show. Oh, no. I do remember where they swap them or, or what, yes, for like a month or something.
1: Like where, where me and Misty would swap places.
0: I do remember yes. that. I do remember that. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh it was wow, so and they're bad. on there too. Forever. This girl is. The internet. The one forever. that said
1: that I should have the lesbian flag, hang, the the gay flag hanging downtown. Who is also married to a man.
0: Mm-hmm. So why you, would
1: you know her husband? I'll tell you the tea later on that. Well,
0: let me tell you something. So, where do people get the right? Who's not even really? Who's probably into that community? Okay. <clears throat> Why would someone force what you should do on you? It's your business. It's your stuff. You pay for it every month. They don't. What you hang out outside your door, whether it's an American flag, would it have been different if you put one of those out? No. Because this, uh, I saw that post and like.
1: The last time I checked, it's not a requirement to have a rainbow flag hanging out your door if you're a lesbian. Like, no.
0: But do they not understand that In order for you to be successful, there's a lot of respect boundaries for your clientele that you have to show.
1: A lot of my clientele, which is older, Mm -hmm. like 50 and above.
0: They don't know the difference half the time, I'm sure. But if they know you know you, they still respect you because you respect boundaries. That's exactly right. And you respect, basically... The overall situation, mm-hmm. you know, I don't just slick see you walking up, you know, while you're talking, and uh, Leslie walk up to you and kiss you right on Never. your neck with them ne- you know, like there's you a know, lot like, of respect. it's even
1: to the point where, like, if someone if someone older <clears throat> comes up to the register and like they're asking questions about the store, I can fill out the conversation. And when they ask why it's called LD two. I have to pick and choose like sometimes I say well me and the other owner both of our initials are LD. I don't look at this 70 year old woman or 70 year old man and say well I'm me and Leslie are married. She's my wife and we own it. I have to pick and choose those times because there's a time where I can fill it out and I think you know they'll be okay with it. Yeah. But there's also a time where I have to pretend that's my grandmother and I have to respect that. And as a business owner
0: H- who, what's it matter you've got to pick and win battles yes when it comes to that you can't just like i say you can't just shove it down everyone's throats no you can't every opportunity you have when someone someone older asks you and that, and the good thing about what you just said was a lot of people who which i i take this back you are the y'all are the only same-sex married couple that own a business that i know of i now mind you that's not to anyone but me personally i've never heard of it how would how would it be if they were just shoving their lifestyle down? So you're not gonna get them back as a customer. No. No one's wanna go to. No one's gonna go there just so every chance you get. Well, me and my wife. You no. know, You know, whoever, whoever, and look. like
1: my wedding picture hanging on the back wall. Like, did they think I'm supposed to do that? And it's not that I'm. Let me get this clear. I'm not ashamed mm-hmm. of my life. If you look on my Facebook, you know I have pictures of us. I. I'm, it's nothing I'm ashamed of. But I, like I just said, I. I was taught, if you want respect, you have to earn it. Right. And I, why would I cross a boundary with someone when I know it could affect my business? That's not a smart business decision. Right. And like me and Leslie work together m- most days, and we're not making out in the corner or <laughs> she's not walking by and grabbing my ass. Like we respect each other and we respect everyone that comes it's in like, there.
0: The workplace is a workplace. That's exactly right. And it's funny because when I sit here and I think about it, to, to tell someone, a stranger, whether they're a first-time customer. Now, if you see this person, they're a consistent customer, they're coming in, they're going to catch on That's eventually. Right. But why would you go tell a stranger your business? Would you walk, would you go to another state and be in a gas station waiting to pay for gas? And you try, Hey, well, I just want to let you know I'm married to a woman. No. And just, and just pay and leave. You know? No. There's no reason to express your personal life. It doesn't matter. They're not there for your personal life. Absolutely. They're there for your business. And they're there for whatever drew them there because obviously word of mouth travels. And, you know, maybe they were driving around and saw it and they wanted to stop and see what it was, which a lot of time curiosity is how it happens. But I never understood the reason. Well, you know, when I saw that post about the, the pride flag, how dare they? I get it. I get where you're coming from. I get where a lot of people feel like, oh, well, you know, if you're, you you know, you're, you're one of us and you need to, Be so proud of it. Yes, there's a point of being proud, but there's also a point. The point of being proud, you you got pictures together, you're on Facebook, you're on social media, you're not hiding it.
1: You don't have to scream that you're proud.
0: No, you don't. And you You have to respect. You have to respect the people of the community.
1: You live. I live out every single day that I'm proud and that I'm happy. And I don't have to hang a flag. I don't. You know what you said? I don't have to be one of them. Right. Because I am me and I am. My life, my personal life, my business life, like, I am who I am. And the people who love us and get to know us, even, I'll be honest with you, even the ones that I thought would flinch at it, they can't wait to come back in there because it's all what, they're going to catch us fighting behind the counter about who is, who sold the most that day or who's going to cook supper or like their family. Yeah, And
0: the banter is hilarious. I will say that. Yeah.
1: Like, The people that that we have gotten relationships with over the last four years, like, they are our family. And we treat them like that. And they love us. And none of them are in the LGBTQ community. Yeah. Like, I don't go to Target and they have a heterosexual flag hanging out front. Why am I going to have a homosexual flag hanging out front? Like, it would... Even if those people did shop with me, okay, and they did support my business, my view would not change because I am who I am. I'm never going to be, quote, one of them because, like, who are they? You know, like, I'm never going to be out here screaming equal rights because I have equal rights. I have all the privileges that everybody else has. I mean, like, because I earned them. So that's my That's my problem with all that is like the post was made for attention. She didn't get it. Um,
0: She got more negative. She got more negative. People were ripping her apart. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um, But I just feel like it's so important that people just like be real. And also, I think that people like her are insecure. And I feel like they need to go to counseling.
0: And... She was on Wife Swap. She needs counseling.
1: For whatever <laughs> reason, like they have so, so much inside turmoil within themselves that they have to lash out and do things like that. Like, it, it, it's way bigger than a Facebook post. So, uh, God bless her heart. Bless her heart. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. I'm not mad. I'm, like, it, it makes me sad that people can be so small-minded and not really, like, see the bigger picture she, if if i if if like my stance on trump is professional mm-hmm. it's because i've seen what he's done for businesses um i i appreciate his i appreciate that he's so blunt and honest and i can I'm the same way.
0: I know you are exactly the same way.
1: If I was president, I would be just like Trump. I would just have a little bit bigger heart, and I wouldn't kick people out of America.
0: So are you gonna denounce him so she'll take the post down?
1: Absolutely <laughs> not.
0: I would That was the funniest thing. She had already gotten ripped apart on Facebook, and the, the the post had been shared, and people were sharing it. You know, defending you, and like people going in at her, and people were making long paragraph arguments, and she and she came with, uh. Well, if she denounces Trump, I'll I'll delete the, the post. No, no, there's no ultimatum here. No, How are you going to uh, tell somebody else what to do?
1: I wish know? she would <laughs> think that. Like, that's not an option. I mean, I'm not going to say... If somebody brought a Biden shirt in, I would post it and sell it. But I'm not going to vote for Biden. Like, I'm just not. Um, but again, like, I don't give a shit about politics. I think it's all crap i think that every time there's an election we deal with exactly what we're dealing with right now everybody hates each other like
0: it's, it's a country in a turmoil Godly. Picking sides. and it's, it's crazy uh, it's crazy but how do they want to sit here and talk about equality when they're not letting you equally treat your vendors to, to sell whatever they want yeah they're, what's stopping you tomorrow from saying what if you would have posted like a black lives matter shirt Let's just say that.
1: Actually, do you know that, like, uh, when did that happen with Trayvon Martin?
0: Oh, a couple years ago. Okay,
1: so when that happened, I had a man bring men, bring to the consignment store some Black Lives Matter shirts, and he, right. was raised, he was selling them through his church, and they were donating all the money to the Black Lives Matter Foundation. Right. Like, I sold those shirts, and I sold all of them, and I didn't keep any of the profit. I wrote him a check for the total amount and gave it to him. But I'm not out here screaming that. Like, I'm not out here telling people that I did that. I don't have to.
0: Because it's equal. Yes. That's what, like, that's what I don't understand. They want to be treated equally. The, that community, you know, the LBGTQ community, <laughs> I can't do it. Uh, that community I wants. I just now got I it. I just, I can't do it. Um, so that community wants, because they're, they they're, they are, they have a gender, e- a gender equality of Jackson here, a chapter here in Jackson that they created. And Look, I mean, I've known a couple of the board members, or at least one of them, but I see what they're trying to do. I see the movement they're trying to do. I get it, and I don't fault anyone for pursuing something they want to do, but in order to be equal, you can't be one-sided when it suits you, mm-hmm. and I felt like that was something that didn't suit them. Oh, well, you're selling, tr- okay, so you're saying that she could sell a Black Lives Matter shirt, and it doesn't ruffle your feathers, but she sells a Trump shirt, and you're all bent, by, you know, bent about what she does in the store all of a sudden, and you could tell her how she can run it. No, that's not equal. That's, that's not equal. And that's not fair either. Okay, you can't turn away one vendor and feel like you're doing, you know, the greater good and then accept another one because you feel like, oh, well, you know, this is just a little bit better. You know? Yeah. That's not equal. No. Then you're just taking a step back. You need to, they need to reevaluate what actually means of equality. I wonder if they'll invite
1: works. me to the next meeting.
0: No. You don't think? No.
1: That's too no, bad. No, they don't
0: embrace you now. They're not going to do it. After no, they that. think
1: I'm a threat to this community.
0: That, that's the thing, though. In in a way, your business is so is such a you have such a great business that you could become a great threat, a good threat, not mm-hmm. a bad one, not something that w- could cause harm to people. But you can be a great. Asset. Don't you think
1: I should? I could teach them about gender equality.
0: <laughs> well, you've Jesus Christ, you you went through what a lot of people I don't even know how they would have went through without therapy. And still manage to get off your feet, you know, and, and push yourself through everything you've been through, you know, going from a mistreated marriage and and that whole situation with your daughter's dad to finding love again, getting married, starting a business, being successful. That in itself is a good story of basically coming up from the ashes. And instead of embracing this whole situation, it has turned into a negative where people who honestly, I don't even know what they do for that community, for them to even have a voice of, oh, you need to do this. You got to you gotta contribute before you can comment, in my opinion. I can't go out there and tell, you know, a clinic how to run their business if I have nothing to contribute, if I'm just a bystander or I'm just a, a, a you know, a go-buyer who just rides whenever they want to. I can't go tell people how to do something if I have no part in it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're a part of that, that community. I I didn't look into it. All I know is those comments were ignorant. They were very self self centered, and selfish, and they were just ridiculous. Think they'll let me be on the board? <laughs> you know what? Who do we need to call? <laughs> I don't know. You need I actually do know you need to call. But if they see that post, they're not gonna see. Oh, this person has made a difference. Mm-hmm.
1: You're exactly right. This person That's exactly what Leslie said. She was like, Why are you wasting your time? This is like this is stupid. You should have never even responded back to her. But at the same time, I thought to myself at that moment, like, How dare you? You don't even shop in here.
0: You don't even know me first. You don't
1: even like I don't even know why I'm Facebook friends with you. And you're gonna come at me with that? Like so I felt like I had like because I felt in my heart like you are the problem and I had to get it out. Like you're part of the problem right, right now mm-hmm. because of what you just said to me.
0: Do you think if she would have approached it to you in a private message without making it public that things may have went differently? Even if she kept that if she gave you that attitude privately, do you feel like you would have handled it a little differently? Cause I know you had a story where someone had come into your store with their daughter and made a remark about you and your wife. Mm-hmm. which is totally out of line, disrespectful. No matter what business, you're not going to walk into a gas station that are owned by, you know, people who are not from this country and deliberately antagonize them mm-hmm. and insult them. You're never going to do that. So why is it okay to attack two women who have literally worked, literally worked their ass off to make this successful for you to go in you your, I don't know, I don't want to say was well, a Southern way of thinking, but it's definitely a very... um ignorant way of thinking when you're telling your daughter what's okay to be said around people Mm -hmm. and you're showing her. See, those are the kind of people that get their ass whooped out in public because they don't know how to treat people Mm -hmm. because they see that, oh, mama did it. That means I can do it. Mm -hmm. And when you're in a position that you have to teach your every every behavior is learned behavior. Like I said in my last podcast, racism isn't... Is you're not born a racist. You're learned to be a racist due to your environment and the people you're around and you're surrounded by. That's exactly and you're, right. And your, you know, just your overall just situation. When that happened with that woman who came into your store and said that, was that over here at the Van Drive or was it that? It was a consignment store. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, when you never think a situation like that would happen never. to you, God, that would happen to you. Your first response is almost like a. What just what, what what just happened? What did you just say to me? I wasn't there. Oh, you weren't there? No. Oh, they did it behind your back. Yes. What a coward.
1: She asked my employee who owns this store, and she said, Leah and Leslie Daniel. And she said, Oh, the dykes still own it.
0: Then why were you in there? Why wasn't I? No, why was she in there?
1: Oh, that's exactly what I said. Like my when so Courtney said excuse me and her and her daughter who was 15 16 years old maybe started laughing and courtney said that it was all she could do to just finish checking her out and they were just giggling and it was she said i was so mad when she called me she said i'm sorry but i looked at her and i said you know this is what's wrong with the world and you do not have to be such a bitch that's what she said to her and she thought she was going to be in trouble and i was like honey you should have thrown that bag at her. <laughs> but anyways, I...
0: Do you know who did it? Do I you know have no idea. It?
1: I I looked on the cameras and it's... I don't recognize her. Don't know that I've ever seen her before.
0: I'm pretty sure because you made a video about it. Oh, I was And livid. boy, were you mad.
1: I mean, I was broke out in hives on that video.
0: <laughs> so I tell you this, that video will... I'm sure it's surfaced because they have, you know, people catch on to things that get around... And I'm sure she watched in and saw the response and kind of, I mean, in her best interest was to be quiet. (laughs) So when you had a situation like that and then you deal with a situation like this, that's been, what, a year apart? Mm -hmm. I can't remember. About a year. Okay. It'll be in my memory soon, probably. I'll share it again. (laughs) But when you have that situation, you have this one where these people publicly denounce your store. And with everything that's going on with the protest, which I want to get to that, when you have stuff like that and you have people telling people to do things that, are very wrong for everything that you work for. How does that affect you when you go your day by day? Like these people are denouncing me. They don't know anything about me. They could have met me yesterday at a grocery store and know that I would have been the nicest person to them. Where, where, does, where do you think that mentality comes from and that arrogance and that entitlement?
1: Entitlement, that's a good word. Um, first of all, I feel like if I address those issues head on, I feel better. I am going to stand up for what I believe in every time. And the like the biggest thing that I preach to my kids, to everybody, to my girls at the store is like I do not do bullying. I do not do uh, judging. Like, you know, the first thing I say to every employee that that I hire is you treat every person the same. I don't care what they look like. I don't care what kind of car they're driving. I don't care if they look like they are homeless. Like you, when they come in here, you treat them the exact same. And so because I preach that, I live it out. I live it out. And so when someone attacks me, I'm going to get, I'm going to attack you right back. Like if I wasn't so proud of the life that I live and like the heart that I have and how I treat other people, I don't think I would take it so personally, but you know, like,
0: I think it's being told what to do and being that's told what, how to do it. Mad. When
1: I, when I truly run my business like with everybody's best interest at heart, like I try to make sure I have stuff for everybody, all sizes, all ages. Like let's have a happy place for everybody to come, everybody feel welcome, everybody to feel like family, and then I get attacked. Like I go in fight mode. Like I can't just let it go. Leslie, totally different than me. She can just be like. Whatever. I'm gonna sleep fine tonight. Not me. <laughs> I and, and and especially like when it's something that we work we work sixteen hour days. Like we get up at six at seven o'clock in the morning. Okay, well I don't. Leslie does. <laughs> I get up at nine o'clock in the morning and I literally will turn my phone like on, do not disturb at nine. So we're on our phones all day. We're working all day. We're responding all day. Like we we have we have worked harder I feel confident to say I know a lot of people that own businesses and I work a lot harder than a lot of those people. You know, like I live, eat and breathe our stores Um, to the point where I feel I text my son this morning. and I was like, buddy, I just want you to know something. And he was like, what? I was like, I love you and I'm so proud of you. And I just want you to know that I know I work all the time and I know I feel you feel like I'm never at home, but just know that I do it for you and your sister every day. He texted me back and said, Mom, are you okay?
0: <laughs> that realization was scary. Yeah,
1: but like I don't even feel like when it, I do feel like it takes away from me as a mom and I have mm-hmm. to find a balance there obviously and I do my best, but it is so hard. Um, I Boy, try to please if, everybody. I, and
0: I feel like you're still even though you've been doing it for, I'm going to say, what, three years? Mm-hmm. That's still early stages. Oh, gosh, so yes. You have you have such a long way to go to where when you find the people you can trust, and being that you're a lot, of, just from what I see at the store when you're there and when Leslie's there is Leslie is never stopping. Mm-hmm. She is, I saw her, she had a, it was crazy, I didn't, didn't. that I know there were vendors, I went and looked at some of your men's stuff, your hats and the, um, the shirts and stuff. And she saw that I couldn't see a shirt. And she told one of your workers, you see that? He couldn't see that shirt because this was in the way. Let's move this. Let's mush this over. Let's open this up so people can look at the rest of this stuff so they know what's here. Mm-hmm. And I looked at Miss like, dang, I thought the girl's in trouble. But no, she was teaching her. Mm-hmm. Hey, listen, these people can't find what they're looking for if they can't see it. And that's and
1: not even our stuff, but I that's know. how we yep. work. You yep. know,
0: that, it was just crazy to me, and I yes. was just like, I, I looked at me, and said, "Oh shit! I hope I didn't get that girl in trouble." I couldn't no. see. This girl. but no, yeah. she scooted the bench over, and she angled it to where you could see every shirt, color, size, and it made it easier for the next person to shop. Mm-hmm. When you take that kind of integrity to your business, and you take that kind of integrity in your life, and people now, I feel like since you're so outspoken to to come up against you at this point you it's almost like they got to be ready mm-hmm. because you are not quick you mean you're not scared to go on a live and say you know what you're going to say this about me let me tell you what i think so when you when you're that outspoken and i'm going to ask you this final question when you're that outspoken in your beliefs and how you conduct yourself where do you stand on protesting and what would you protest for
1: um I totally believe in a peaceful protest. Like, I believe, you know, you stand up for what's right. You see me, I protest. I guess you could say that I've gone on several Facebook Live protests. Um, But I think that people protest where their heart is. Um, And while I do feel like that this, I always think that the Black Lives Matter protests are very needed. Um, especially when things like this happen, um, that I don't feel like the true protesters can control what's happening on the flip side of that. That's, that's not what they're trying to control. But, but I feel like for me, m- my heart, like I would pro, if I could protest for anything, it would be for kids. Like my heart is kids. Um, because of what I went through, because of what what I've seen Danny Grace go, go through, but but if the if the court systems could just understand that physical abuse and emotional abu- abuse are equally damaging,
0: yeah, they're both neglection. It's both
1: neglect. But you know what, my mom and daddy never laid a hand on me. Yeah, I mean, I got whipped with a belt, but uh, I was not physically abused at all ever. But the emotional abuse that they did to me, I would rather have my ass beat.
0: Yeah, because that would live in your head. Can you imagine being so disturbed as far as emotional and what you went through and to have to live in your own thoughts Mm -hmm. alone in your room as a child? Mm -hmm. Which was, you know, a lot of times now, if you look at it now, people are like, you know, you caused this kid to be suicidal. And, you know, because of what you've done to emotionally, we had to go through that growing up. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody went through their own type of, you know, emotional and physical, you know, um, situation, whether it was, you know, Like, I didn't get enough attention, and that crippled me. Or, you know, I was, you know, beaten too much by my babysitter. Or, you know, my mom and dad wasn't there enough. Or, you know, a lot of things, a lot of different situations. And they just had to push through. Because back then, it wasn't looked at as important as it is now. And I feel like if we get down to the brass tacks of what happened to your daughter, what happened to you, it happens so often, but it's it's so overlooked. I mean,
1: when I tell you that I had to fight tooth and nail to get that order signed for the um, emergency custody. I mean, like, I had to, I almost had to lie and say that she was physically abused. And finally, like, my attorney was like, she could see the fear in my eyes. I said, You don't understand that, like, I wait for the phone call every time she goes over there for them, for somebody to say, Hey, um, Danny Grace accidentally fell down the stairs, when really she was pushed down the stairs. Like, it's as a fear, the, the fear, of the unknown. As a mother, to have to send your child to that automatically. Now, I do think that there is a fine line with parents who try to play the system and, oh, well, let's call the cops for this. Oh, well, let's call the cops. But I had proof. I had text messages. I had videos of her crying not to go over there. Like, the law should change. And the, and, and a judge, a court, you know, if, if your child's being emotionally abused and you can prove it and they can... There's a way to tell if somebody's a fit parent or not. When you go in there and you're legit... They should be able to tell, you know, like, and you got an attorney fighting with you, saying this is what's happened. It should not be. You should not have to. That child should not have to have a, a note from the ER or a doctor where they have a bruise.
0: Which was ha- what? what is, which was what happened to that one kid that they did the documentary on about being. Oh, com- Gabri- Ga- Gabri- Gabriel, Gabriel, yeah.
1: Fernanda. Fernand- I just started watching that last night, I and I never cried. Gonna watch
0: that. Never ever ever gonna watch that. I can't handle the fact that you know i'm I'm with neither one of my kids' moms, not and I've know two of them that you know wouldn't never allow that to happen Now, the other one I don't know this guy from Adam. I just can only trust that nothing happens until something does happen, Oof. but in the same breath, when things aren't taken that serious, a situation like that can happen over too mm-hmm. often and, and and
1: And here's the thing while I respect the protest that's going on right now right. for me. I see bigger issues, like, especially with the children. Like, like my protest would be children's lives matter because they're the ones that don't have a voice, you know? Um,
0: they're awful silenced a lot of times. They're
1: always silenced. And mm-hmm. then when people do try to speak for them...
0: They're shot down. They're shot down. They're,
1: so, mm-hmm. gosh, I just can't imagine, like... If I wouldn't have fought the battle that I fought for Danny Grace, she would be such a messed up little girl. Like she
0: would be. You pulled her out of it.
1: So messed up. You
0: pulled her out of such. In that situation, God, if you didn't push as hard as you did, just listening to what you said in the story and what she had to deal with with that other woman. Oh. That would have been a nightmare to Mm -hmm. get her to come back from back to normal. Mm -hmm. Because a couple of more years of that. She wouldn't have been the same kid.
1: No. I mean, you got to think about time, and Thank God she wasn't seven or eight when this was happening. Oh, my God. Because then we would be dealing with those preteen years. And, like,
0: she would have been wrecked.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Acting thank God she doesn't remember a lot of that. And I let her deal with it on her own. Like, I'll never forget the first time that I thought, like, it set me and Leslie back. Is she was talking about him. And she called him by his name. Mm. She didn't say my dad. She called him by his... Do you remember that time I was at his house? Yeah. She called him by his name. And I was like... She did that on her own. Like, that was after we'd stopped counseling. We didn't make her do that. Mm-hmm. But in her little head, she separated it.
0: Yep. You know? Well, she's seen it for what it was. That's exactly right. When you see someone like your wife, who's taking up the responsibility... And she doesn't. She see this other person not doing anything. You got to throw the respect to where it's earned, and that's to Mm -hmm. the person that's with you, Mm -hmm. which is your which is Leslie. So when you separate the person from what they are, like that'll always be her father, but that would never be her dad. Mm -hmm. And there's a separation. And as they grow older, they'll see it.
1: And you know, Leslie adopted her.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that.
1: And it's so sweet because like Chancellor Butler has said, like that was one of the most heartfelt adoptions he's ever been in and like he's asked for pictures of us like he's followed up like again he treated us equal mm-hmm. we didn't go in there
0: kicking and flag. screaming no, okay.
1: with my gay shirt on <laughs> we went in there like normal people
0: yeah
1: and he Concerned respected parents. that yep. and i mean he he asked he tells jesse he always asks about us and like that's as equal as it gets you know what I mean? Like he saw us for who we truly are. And I feel like if we could just step outside of our box, America could just step outside of their box and just see people for who they are and, and stop trying to put people in a, in a little cubby of you should do this and you should do this. And because you're gay, you should not like Trump. And because you're white, you shouldn't protest that black lives matter. Like that's not, that's not who we are. Like Everybody has a right to feel a certain way, to live a certain way. And, like, you just do that. You just wake up every day and you just be who you are and you just be kind. And
0: There's a moral compass in your own self that tells you what's right and wrong. Yes. Now, a lot of people, there's a distortion in there because of how they're raised. And, like I said, everything is learned. Not everything is what they were born thinking. Like, they're not programmed to think this way. They are only learned to think this way. And if we can just, if they can have a self-realization that, you know, this is wrong. Mm-hmm. Everybody can understand what's right and wrong. You know, you're not going to eat rotten food because you know it stinks. It's wrong to eat it. That's <laughs> you right. know, it's just like you have to, it's, you got to literally put yourself in another person's shoes and just try the best you can to understand. That's, That's really right. all it is. That's
1: really all it is. And what's wrong with that? Like,
0: a lot, apparently, because nobody wants to do it. Like,
1: what kind of turmoil do people have inside their hearts that, like, they just want to argue and fight and be
0: misery bullies misery Yes. what else you gonna do except be on facebook looking for something to trolling trolling like just
1: looking for
0: it well they knew if they spoke about you that they'd get a response but a lot of the times the responses that they get never really works out for them i never seen anyone who deliberately goes to to clout chase somebody to say oh i'm gonna name drop this you know business or this person and it's gonna work out for me i don't think i've ever heard those phrases ever in life but you know it's a lesson learned and sometimes people need to be taken down a peg or two you know a peg or two and and when they do do you never really hear from them much and they kind of either go silent or they just chill out because Mm -hmm. a lot of people went against them so leah jesus that was an amazing conversation i think we covered a lot i think that i got all my questions out you gave me personal stories you gave me you know stories that were very heartfelt to you um you told me about your business you you basically accessed let me access any question I had to you and you answered them honestly people are gonna get to know you and when, now that they get to know you maybe people will use up before they judge you. Mm-hmm. Let people find their own course let them find their own way Maybe their way isn't your way. everybody has their own way of thinking.
1: That's right and you know I want to say this like I have so many people that are like that follow me and they tell me like you're an inspiration to me this morning when I was pumping my gas. I was sitting there and I was, I put my debit card in and as it was filling up and it was getting higher and higher and higher, I was like, I just thought to myself, I was like, you know, like I remember five years ago when I was scrapping in my car for change to get $10 in gas to go to work, you know, like I've been at the very bottom and, and I think because I've been at, and I'm not saying I'm on the very top right now. Like I'm not, I rent a house. Until I can build one. You know what I'm saying? Like
0: Well that's a go. See, people will say that, Well, you're renting a house, but you have a success, but you don't know what we're doing. It's not your business to know. That's right. It's only your business to hey, if you want to support me, support me. If you don't, don't be negative. That's right. Like there's no reason I didn't I never understood that. People I posted something on Facebook. I lived in a two bedroom trailer for a long time when I was younger. I didn't have friends over. I didn't have sleepovers that a normal nine, ten year old would have. I lived when I lived my high school years from ninth grade till I graduated. We lived in a rundown, rundown three bedroom house in the country that nobody wanted to go to. We had no central air heat. You could see right through the floor. It was just a rundown house. Mm-hmm. Going through life, you know, you begin to realize and appreciate what you have. And when, as I look, you know, and I wake up and I see that my kids didn't have to go through what I went through. Not that I blame my parents. That was the best they could do. That's right. And all we could do is the best we can do. So it's, it's never quick to someone to say, well, Jay, you know, just because, you know, you know, me living like that, I should live like that my whole life. No, I, did things in silence. I worked my way up to what I have mm-hmm. and it's not anyone's place to tell me how I should live my life and I feel like if people just literally if people just get out of your out of your way you won't target on them because like I think every person that's ever commented about you you've <laughs> you jumped right I back in it. a ring with them
1: but I, but I, and I feel like I wouldn't do that if I didn't feel so strongly about it like yeah. like my biggest thing is like I know my heart I know like I should never have to defend myself by publicly displaying everything I do for other people. Right. Like, I do those things because I'm a good person. Mm-hmm. And, like. But
0: even if you did do that, they never give you credit. No. You never, never get the, you never get the admiration. Mm-mm. You would never get the respect that they would give someone who does very, very little because whatever they have against you. Right. And a lot of times, it's foolish. A lot of times, they don't really have a problem with you. They just need a problem with somebody. Mm-hmm.
1: So. I, just want every, I just want people who are listening to know that, like, no matter where you're at in life, um, like, if there's something you want to do, don't give up on it. Like, make a plan. Um, follow through. Uh, I have jumped over so many hurdles and so many battles. I still have them. But failure isn't an option. And I think it's your mindset. You have to be mentally tough. I know I have had to be to get through the life that I've lived and to still be able to function every day. It's a wonder I'm not a freaking raging alcoholic by now, (laughs) but I'm not. Well, listen, Jay, tell him I haven't had anything to drink since I've been here.
0: I've been the one drinking over here. I've been drinking my uh, Mountain Dew. (laughs) But uh, yeah, no, you've been completely calm. And I expected, um, you know, I expected more of uh, what I see on Facebook is, but you know, that's you, that's you defending yourself and there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. I feel like people need to just, and honesty, they just need to relax. Because in I, just the few times I've talked to you, you never just gotten angry. You just mm-hmm. said, "You know what? This is this is how I feel. This is what I'm. This is what I mean. And this is why it upset me." Mm-hmm. And it was a very calm manner. And I feel like you would approach everything like that. If people would just get off of it already, mm-hmm. they need to see who you really are. And that's why I wanted this interview.
1: I mean, I can be mean.
0: Oh, well, real I don't mean. See that then. You
1: don't want to <laughs> see that. Probably the things I said the day that I saw that post. I I think I was messaging you and I was yes, going. Yes, you did. You, you texted me.
0: <laughs> you were going.
1: I was like, let me find out where she lived. <laughs> but I should never got, got that riled up. But at the same time, like but no it was, regrets. It was a personal attack. It was and a personal attack. that was attack. a
0: very, very, very disrespectful text that shouldn't have been said. So every reaction that you had was a very authentic one. And you should never apologize for that. Leah, thank you so much for coming in for this interview. Thank you for being an open book and giving me the opportunity to talk to you. This is Let's Discuss It With Jay. This will be on Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts. We are now Anchor. I'm working on Spotify. So be on the lookout. I will post the links on Facebook with this. And I would also post the, um, the consignment store that she owns. And thank you so much for coming in. Thank you.